So this morning, I want you to go to the book of Genesis chapter 18. And as you go there, I'm going to tell part of the story instead of reading it all. So God has already changed the name. You know this man, maybe somebody doesn't, but there was a man by the name of Abram that lived in a place of the Ur of Chaldees that God told him to get up and get away from your father's house and to a land that I'll show you. And he said, there I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make a great nation out of you and through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He's at the age of 75 when God calls him out and him and his wife have no children. Now you and I may think that that's the really not a bad thing. I mean, matter of fact, in our culture today, some parents are, are individuals choosing, I'd rather not be a parent. It's okay if that's where you are. But in that day, for a woman... If she had not had children by this time, she really felt like she was cursed and under a curse because her delight was to be able to bring forth children. So God speaks to them in this time when they have none and he brings them to this place and he says, Abram, this is going to be your place. This is going to be your land as far as you can see, north, south, east, and west. And he said, your seed shall be like this if you can number the stars of the heaven. And if you could number the grains of sand on the earth, so shall your seed be. 75 years old. How would you like to get a prophecy like that? So then God allows time to go. It didn't happen immediately. Matter of fact, days and years are passing and no children yet. And I, I wouldn't question that Abram had his moments where, God, I know I trust you with all my heart, but no doubt there had to be a fleeting moment that God would, or that Abram maybe would waver a little bit, even though the Bible said he staggered not at the promise of God. Nor did he consider himself to be old, but if he's like me, I, I, I don't know about you, but I stagger and stumble once in a while at the promise of God that I haven't seen fulfilled. And so one day God meets with him and said, Abram, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And when God made this covenant with him, then God turned and he changed his name. Because God said, Abram, you can't do this. And God came down, took his name, and he put himself right in the middle of Abram. And he called himself Abraham. He put himself right in the middle of Abraham. This is my doing, Abraham. And I'm going to change your name, your wife's name from Sarai to be Sarah. For she'll be the mother of all living and you'll be, I think that's, the, I think that's what the definition is, and you're going to be the father of all living. And time's still passing and no baby yet. In that culture, again, if you walked around and they said, who are you, and you gave them your name, that represented everything that you were. So Abraham is happening to walk around when people ask him, what is your name? I'm Abraham, the father of all living. But where's your children? I have none. Man, you have to see the dilemma that Abram is in. So in this period of time, God is getting ready to come and he's going to bring judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And so the scripture says and. Chapter 18, verse 1, that the Lord appeared to Abram at the Terebinth tree in memory as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Now that tree, when covenant was made, no doubt, 
a tree was planted. And it could have been that this tree was that mark of covenant with Abram. Because now Abraham is a covenant partner with God. You need to understand that. He's a covenant partner of God and with God. And so when Abram sees the Lord there and these two with him, which I believe are angels, I think it would would pay out that Abraham runs to them and he welcomes them and he says, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass beyond here. Don't pass your servant by. Let me run and let me get a cake for you. Let me refresh you. And so the story goes that he walks and he runs and gets his servant. He tells Sarah, he said, hey, the Lord is here and his angels. I want you to make some cakes. Let's get some milk and butter. And, let, and then he has one of his servants go out. You got to understand, this took a little time. He said, have one of the servants go out and get, a, uh, get a, a lamb and let him slay it and prepare it so that we can give to the master. And as they're doing this, time is passing. And the Lord speaks to him in verse 10 and he says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Behold, your Sarah, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Again, custom was in that day, it would be just the men gathering. That's why Sarah's inside. She's in the tent. Why Abraham is having this intense moment or this moment with the Lord And he says, Sarah was listening in the tent. Now, Abram and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, when Sarah heard this, she laughed within herself saying, have I grown old? Shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? I think Sarah's talking to us and telling us something. What was her pleasure? When she said that to the Lord, she said, am I that of old age? Shall I have pleasure? Shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? What was she saying? What was her pleasure? Her pleasure was the ability to conceive. It was the ability to be able uh, for that child to grow on the inside of her. It was her pleasure for that child to be born. And it was her pleasure for her to spend time growing and nurturing this child. That was her pleasure. Sorry to say, but for a lot of families, it's become a task and not a pleasure. Because life can get hard. Not throwing rocks or stones at anybody. But when you're a mom and you've got a newborn and you've got two or three hanging around and you're not getting any sleep. Oh my goodness. I I don't know what happened to me and Diane years ago because we didn't get much. From all three of them. And then Maverick comes along. He goes down at 8 o'clock and sleeps all night. I'm thinking, what is up with this? Chad, you never. (laughs) A lot of times our bed was filled with the kids. That's why we got a supersized king size. (laughs) So we could sleep. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But it was her pleasure to nurture 
And you know what? That's what we're really supposed to have. It should be our pleasure, our delight should be in our children and raising them and watching them to become everything that God has intended for them to be. I got to get away from that. And Sarah said to Abram when she heard that, and God asked, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I bear a child since I'm old? And God says, is there anything too hard for me? And he said, according to the time of life, Sarah is going to conceive and bring forth the son. But Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. And God said, oh yes, but you did laugh. You did laugh at what I declared would be my plan. And I think there's sometimes that we laugh just like Sarah. When God said, this is supposed to be a delight. This is supposed to be a great thing. We may not do it outwardly, but inwardly we're laughing at the face of God of what he just promised. And he gets ready to make his way now from Abraham. And he starts to go towards Sodom. And as he's going... The Lord said, verse 17, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? And since Abraham shall surely become a great nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. In other words, he said, wait a minute. I have made a covenant. I've made him my covenant partner on the earth and I've given him dominion and rulership over it. I can't move without him being in the know of what I'm doing. I want to get his agreement or disapproval on it. And this is what the word said. I love this and I want you to watch this verse. For I have known him. Notice the tense of the word. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteous and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. He doesn't even have a child yet. And God said, I've known him. I know what he's going to do. He's going to command his children to follow me. The word command there means two things. It means to constitute. In other words, it means to give them the legal right to be who God said they were. You need to mark that. And he also means, it means to, en, to enjoin, to bring them together. In other words, he's going to encourage them and instruct them and urge them to follow God. So God looks at Abram and he said, I know he's going to command his children to follow me. And he doesn't even have a child yet that they will do righteous and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had promised. Now I want you to look at something with me. My title of my message this morning is, as God spoke to me is, tell them who they are. That's what Abraham was going to do. Son, I'm going to tell you who you are. I was at a place the other day and I know what it was like. There was a mother there. It was a business. They had their child there. Matter of fact, he's a new one and 
He's just a little bitty toddler. And I always go in and make over him when I'm in the business. I <coughs> make over the child. And I said something. How's he doing today? He, he was back there cutting up. They had him in a crib. And he wanted out of there. And I, I said, how's he doing? And this is the words of mama. I ain't just being a butt. <coughs> Matter of fact, the next time I come in, I ask the same thing. She replied the very same thing. He just being a butt. And he thought, that's interesting. He's just two years old or something like that. He's doing what two years olds do. He's been caged up in a, in a crib, a little two by four thing. And I, I don't know about you. I'd probably be one too if that's where I had to stay most of the day. And I wanted out of that thing. He was acting up, but I thought how interesting it is and what we, what we name and how we speak into the heart and the life of our children. But the instruction for us as parents and grandparents, I don't care how old your children are. Some of you may have grown children that are acting far away from God. I'm going to give you an instruction from the Lord. Tell them and declare to them who they really are. Now, to understand that, you're going to have to go back to beginnings. Pastor Tony took us there the other night. Many of you weren't here. So let's go back there for just a moment. Go back with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1, to creation when everything was given an identity. The Bible said that in the beginning, God... I think that's important. Tony said something the other night. Pastor, it really caught my ear. The word God is just a name. It's just a title. But what, who is it? If you look up in the definition, the name God, most of us, well, he's God. What does that mean? The one means, the word God, if you look it up in the definition, just means one that rule, a supreme one. But if we really looked at God for who he is when it was first asked, I think Moses asked him, said, who do I tell those people? God said, I am. He didn't say, I'm God. He said, I am. A little bit later, he's known. If you look in the, in the scriptures, you'll find him as Elohim. You'll find him as Yahweh. You'll find him as Adonai. All of those were the descriptions that would go along with this word God. So we could actually say in the beginning, the creator. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. We know that story. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And creation began to go in motion at the sound and the voice. Listen to me. Creation began to go in motion at the sound and the voice of the Lord. That's going to be important for you to know in a moment. Because you think your words are nothing, but your words are creative. Your words are forceful. So then God began to put everything in its place. And this is what the word said. As he created everything, put the sun, the moon, the stars. Then he began to put the earth, the form of living creatures in the earth. Uh, and not only living creatures, but the, uh, the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and such as that begin to come forth. And, and this is what God said. Let everything reproduce after what? It's kind. So I can't be an apple tree and bring forth oranges. No more than be a fish and become a monkey. Boy, that's 
Gee, I just blew evolution out of, out of the water. Because a fish cannot become a monkey. Because the law of God and the command of God is every, never thought about to that moment. You ought to write that down and send it to wherever. Everything reproduces after its kind. It's the evening of the sixth day. And the Bible says in Genesis 1.26, then God said, listen to what he said. Then God said, this one that is I am, this one that is Elohim, the all-sufficient one, the, the only one, Yahweh, the one that was before Jehovah, the one that was before all things, and by him does all things exist. This one, he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now, I got news for you. They, nobody in here sat in these seats of the animal kingdom. And you're not of the plant kingdom. And you're not an alien. Whatever kingdom that is. You may act like it, but you're not. You are a part of the species of creation that God called man which is made in the image and the likeness of God. Every one of us. You better hold that. You may not act like that, but that's who you are. And I've come to think about this as the Lord began to unfold something to me. Okay, we're created in the image and the likeness of God. Let me, let me finish reading. He said, let us make man in our image and likeness according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He created him male and female. Okay, we're not in progressive revelation. Or, no, progressive religion. But we are in a moment of revelation, if you haven't figured it out, that God had already sealed this idea. And if you're here struggling with something and you're struggling with identity, I'm going to tell you what God said. You were created by God in his image after his likeness and he made us male and female, only two genders. Only two. You're not pan. You're not this. You're not that. As being taught in, our, in some of our education systems of the day that tells us if you feel like you are, it, you are. It's not about feeling. It's about how you're created. And if you haven't figured out how you're created, go get naked and look in the mirror. Hello. I'm serious. We shouldn't have to talk like that, but we've got to deal with this stuff. He said, I created because our children are being faced with this at schools now. You are what you feel. So he said, I created you male and female. You're created in my likeness after me. So if that's the case, what am I supposed to produce? 
like God. That's why your words are so important. Remember the creator, what he did? He spoke and things become. So if you're created in the image and likeness of God, what happens to you? Whatever you speak is what it becomes. Whatever you declare that thing to be is really what it's becoming. But I'm not satisfied. I, I, I don't know. Something went off in me and said, okay, God, uh, do I call myself God? Do I call myself Elohim? Do I call myself Yahweh? Do I call myself Adonai? Do I call myself after that name? Who am I? Because you said I was created in your image and after your likeness. When Holy Spirit comes, he comes with what? Fruits and gifts. So here's the fruits in the Old Testament in the beginning. God said, I created you in my, in my image. So this is what you really are. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, uh, faith, let me make sure I got them all down. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faith. So when God said, I created you in my image, this is what you're saying. You are love, you are joy, you are peace, you are long-suffering, you are gentle, you are kindness. Amen. Why? Because that's who God is. Oh, you still didn't hear me. When Holy Spirit come along, he's only telling us who we really are. Because if I'm created in him, so when you, instead of us telling him he's a brat, I, we ought to be declaring, you're made in the image and the likeness of God and you are love and you are joy and you are peaceful. Oh, come on, you're not hearing me this morning. You're created in his image. Because the problem is, if it's what we think an image is, which one of us in this room looks like God? Well, I think I do. I don't know about y'all. Y'all don't look like me. But we could all feel, so he's not talking about this here. Because remember, he's the invisible God, but yet he's very visible around us. And he came in the person of Jesus. And what did Jesus come in? He came in the very image and the express brightness of his father who is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, faith, long-suffering. So he said, I made you in my image, but what about his likeness? Now we got the gifts of the spirit. Your wisdom, it's knowledge, it's discernment, it's faith. It's healing, it's miracles, it's tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. You, you mean that's who God, what do you mean? No, I walk in all wisdom. I walk in all knowledge. I walk in discernment to be able to know what is good and what is not. I, I walk in faith to believe for all things. I walk in healing to rise above sickness and disease. I can walk in miracles to turn things around that are standing in my way, and I can speak forth the mysteries of God by tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Amen. That's who you are. Amen. We're all that way. Yes. We just haven't been told that. 
You are created in the image and the likeness of God. And moms and dads, if our families aren't living that way, then we haven't been told that because the generation before us didn't tell us. And we're reproducing after a different kind instead of the kindness of our father. Matter of fact, God said in the scripture, there's really two families. You're either of the family of God or you're the family of Satan. And if you're of the family of Satan, you're going to act and produce his nature. Hello? It's, isn't it interesting? I don't know about you, but that kind of uh, blew me away. He said, Adam, I'm creating you to be like me. So that when Adam stood up in all creation, looked at him, they didn't know the difference. Wait a minute. Which one is what? Because they're so much alike. Did you ever think about this? When God gave the Ten Commandments, He gave the first three like this, or the first four. Thou shalt have no other gods before you. You shall not make any graven images. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you shall remember to keep remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. You see, we think that God is saying we don't need to raise up any idols. That's true. But you really want to know why God said that? I've already got another image of me in the earth, and it's you. And if you raise up anything else, it's going to turn them from seeing me. Oh, come on, guys. You better hear what I'm telling you. He said, we're the image of God. He said, don't raise up anything else. Because if you raise up something else, you're going to begin to conform to that image. And then you're going to be, begin to produce, not after, remember a name. He said, don't take the, Lord, uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Because then you're going to start speaking. You're going to start speaking after the order of the image that you've conformed to. And some of you, i got to tell you, you're not acting like the God that created you. Because you're acting in a different nature. And you've bought into the lie. And the enemy come along, and he can do this in many ways, through pain, through hurt, through sadness, through sorrow, through all kinds of stuff that comes our way. And if we're not careful, I begin to, that begins to be a God before me. That thing had control of me, and I begin to conform to the pain and the suffering, and I begin to conform to that image. And now I'm starting to speak like that thing instead of speaking like my God. That's why God said, I want you to remember the Sabbath. I don't want you to lose that holy moment that you can come back before me and stand in my presence because what you're really doing you're standing in light you're standing in a mirror and you're really seeing who you really are because we're so captivated by busyness and the things of this world that we've lost sight much of the church has lost sight of who we are Interesting. It's interesting to me that when the serpent came in Genesis chapter 3, the most subtle beast of the field, he looks to the man and the woman that were created in the image and likeness of God. And God said, you can have everything except the tree that's in the midst of the garden. And in verse 5, this is what the enemy says to the woman. 
The woman said, hey, we can't touch it because if we do, we're going to die. Wait a minute. They didn't lose breath. What was going to happen to them? They're going to lose their form and their likeness. They're going to lose their form and their likeness. And she said, we'll not die. Our God knows that if we touch it or eat it, we will die. Then the serpent said, no, you won't. Didn't listen to what he says. For God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Boy, listen to the deception. Knowing good and evil. For God knows the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like him. Now you will have to deal with two natures. You're going to have to deal with it, flesh and spirit. You're going to deal with life and death. And really, there's no middle ground. There's no such thing as somebody, I'm, I'm just hanging out. No, you're either living or you're not. And we started having to deal with these two natures. And the more that I give to one, the more that I began to be more, what's the word, alert and aware. And really, the more that I give attention to that. But God said, that's not who you are. So God came into the garden that day, said the seed of the woman is going to crush your head to the serpent. To the woman, he said, you're going to have some sorrow. You're going to have some pain through childbirth. And what should be a delight is going to be now your pain because you're not producing after me. Think about that. Your pain is because you're not reproducing. He didn't stop her from reproducing. It would have been a delight before. It would have been a joy before, but he said now it's going to bring pain. The worship team is getting ready to head back. A few moments we're bringing our children out. But then he speaks to he speaks to Adam and said thorns and thistles this is going to bring to you and it's interesting to me that in uh, verse 20, after all of that, that God spoke and Adam called his wife's name Eve. It's the first time her name was given because before that, God called their name Adam. He didn't have to identify anything different because they were absolutely one producing the very same kind of life. So what did Adam do? He was smart enough to say, you're Eve, the mother of all living. You're Eve. I've got to name you. I've got to give you the right name. I've got to speak to you rightly so that you will try so that if anything is possible within you, you will produce the life of God. Isn't it interesting uh, that when God's people, Israel, was in bondage, for 400 years and God goes to Moses and said, Moses, bring my people out. God said in Exodus chapter four, I believe it's the 23rd verse. He says to 
I think if you have that, would you put that up? Verse, chapter 4, verse 22 of, uh, of the book of Exodus. I, I just want everybody to see that on the, uh, on the screen. He speaks to Moses and he said, Then you shall say to Moses, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Go to the next verse. He is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. They've been 400 years in bondage. They have taken on an identity. We're slaves. We're of Egypt. We're before all of these gods. And before they ever come out, God said, hey, I'm going to tell you who you are. You are my son created to serve me. And so is every one of us. And so is every one of our children. Because here's the deal. Behavior follows identity. You need to keep that in mind. Behavior follows identity. If you don't know who you are, something is going to name you. And when that names you, you will follow that. And that will become your conduct and behavior. If you're in this place, if you're not careful, you'll let sickness give you a new identity. And so what you'll do with that, you'll start living a behavior of sickness. Because it's, it's re-identified you. You might be in poverty this morning. And if you're not careful, you'll let it define you. And you'll start living after that. The bad thing is that once you start living that conduct, you really don't have any insight of how to get out of it. Because it doesn't have the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't have wisdom. It doesn't have knowledge. It doesn't have discernment. It doesn't have miracles. It doesn't have healing. It doesn't have faith in it. And it starts causing you to stay right where you are and you can't get free. You got to tell them who they are. Moms and dads, tell them who they are. I don't care how old they are, tell them who they are. Pastor, what are you talking? Tell them they're a child of God to walk in the blessings in the life of God. Tell them their righteousness, peace, and joy. Tell them their love. Tell them their faith. Tell them their long suffering. They won't hear me. I don't care. Tell them. Speak it over them. My mind went back to Trinidad. One of the first times we went there, great pastor there that me and Diane got to meet and be in his home and preach in his church, Pastor K.K. Bechu. He came to this place. Little short guy had a thundering voice like a trumpet when he spoke. I never will forget we were staying in his house. Had a lot of rooms and of a morning we would be out on the balcony having coffee, watching, you know, just looking over the beautiful landscape that was there. 
And KK would come out with us and he would sit there and have coffee with us. And when it was time for the kids to go to school, they'd all run to Papa. He'd grab them around, put his arms up tight. And he said, I bless you today to be all that God has called you to be. I bless you today to walk in victory. I bless you today to walk in joy and peace. I bless you. I've never forgot that. I thought, oh my goodness, what an image. What a picture that every one of us, moms and dads, instead of being frustrated, and I know how it is. I've been there and walked there, and I know it's so easy. But if you can compose yourself for just a few moments to look at Johnny and look at Susie in the middle of your rush and say, I bless you to be loved today. I want to tell you your joy. I want to tell you your peace. I want to tell you your love suffering I want to tell you your kindness I want to tell you your faith tell them who they are Paul told Timothy Timothy you're going to be ministered in all kinds of difficult times and yes you're a young man and the world's going to struggle with you. The religious group will be because you're just too young. But he said in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, let no man despise thy youth. But he said, be an example of a believer. Be an example in word. Be an example in conduct. Be an example in love. Be an example in faith. Be an example in purity. What was he saying to Timothy? Timothy, let me tell you who you are so that in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst when everything is pushing against you, I want you to stand strong, Timothy, because you are a child of God. Timothy, you're a man of love. Timothy, you're a man of purity. Timothy, you're a great example of it. Tell them who they are. Grandmas and grandpas, tell them who they are. I don't care how wicked they are. Tell them who they are. You have the ability. They're created. I, I know I hear it. I don't know what, I, if so-and-so doesn't get straightened out, I don't know what's going to become of them. Don't say that. Tell them who they are. We're created in the image and likeness of God. Remember, everything reproduces after its kind. So, maybe, maybe if you're not reproducing after its kind, you may need to look and say, who's my father? Have I adapted to another image? And I'm conducting myself to that one that is some kind of demigod or false god or whatever they would be. But I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, our world can change. I'm convinced this of the church and we're going to pray. We are so busy telling people what we don't like and what we don't like about our world. Come on, hear me. Some of you are going to get mad at me. But we're so busy in the face of the world telling them, you shouldn't be that way, but we're not telling them who they are. I am more determined in this house, and you're going to hear it. 
I'm going to tell you who you are more than I'm going to tell you what I don't like. Because what I don't like isn't going to change you. Matter of fact, it'll make you more rebellious. But if I can tell you who God said you are, as we sing that song, maybe you didn't understand it. We got to be changed from the inside out. And we're trying to do everything from the outside in. That's why some of you like the feeling. Because if I can get the feeling, I think it'll work on the inside. Why don't you get the feeling on the inside and everything on the outside will be totally changed? I hope you still love me. But I'm going to tell you who you are. You're created in the image and likeness of God. And you mean, stubborn, honoring individuals. And some of you are. That's not the nature of God. His nature is love, joy, peace, goodness, long-suffering. I'm talking to Zach because I'm not that long-suffering. And I'm always not that good. And sometimes I'm not that peaceful. But I got to be reminded who I am.